0: Any dharma talk I could have written is worthless. That the last ten minutes were the whole dharma talk. That this whole life is the project of coming and going and coming and going. And people who love you and are moved by the coming and going of you. And that's really what we're learning about. And that lesson, if we learned it, would get us to all take care of each other. I think that's the thing that holds me up the most. So every once in a while, we have a particularly uh, – today we have three great surprises. First of all, we have you, which I'm very happy about, uh, which I didn't know until two seconds ago. That's great. Um, We have not a surprise. We have Susan Felix. Do you know Susan? This is Susan. Susan has been coming here forever and ever. Uh, You probably last saw Susan personally when – She got arrested with you and me that time for protesting the war. (laughs) Uh, uh, And uh, Susan's husband, Morton Felix, died a week ago Mm. in a very dignified and wonderful way. Mm. And Susan was going to come, and uh, we've dedicated today's class to the memory of Morton Felix, and she was going to say some words about that, maybe near the end, because he did that so peacefully and so dignifiedly. Uh, I think in, in the way that I would think of as the highest kind of spiritual way. And of course, we have my son in law who, along with you, will talk about the Wisdom 2.0. And the surprise that I didn't know also until this morning is that uh, Sonia, where's Sonia? Sonia, who's five weeks old, with her mother Bronwyn and Tim, has oh. come for a blessing. Oh so please come up it's always such an entire shot in the arm to have a new baby at this time (laughs) all the old age sickness and death disappears when you see new age new age beautifulness and wonder oh there you go well, why don't you come in between us? And undoubtedly, someone will take. a No, come. We'll put a chair. We'll put a chair. Wait, wait. We need a chair. <laughs> because. Oh, look at Jack. He has his. He has emergency blessing kit in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, <turn> oh, <laughs> I, but I and We
1: also need a little diaper for spit up. That's our okay.
0: I, have, I have this. There you go. Move over a little Jack, bit, sweetheart. Yeah. There you go. Who knew that you I know that you carry that emergency thing. There you go. So where is the emergency picture taker for this experiment for this photo up? Hello. 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 Hello.
2: Hi. Look at all those people. Hey, welcome. Hello. Look at that.
0: Look at that.
2: She's been here on
0: she has
1: she's an old student, okay. Yeah, that's
2: right. She's already been on her first yeah. retreat, see. <laughs>
0: when you come the next time you can write where it says previous retreats, you can say <laughs> which ones you've been on. What's your middle name, Sonia? Ray. Sonia Ray. Sonia Ray. Sonia Ray. Mm-hmm. Sonia Ray. How much did she weigh when she was born? Seven
3: pounds, twenty-one inches.
0: Seven pounds, twenty-one inches. Yeah. What do you want to say a blessing for Sonia? Mm. Sonia Ooh.
2: You start with a digestive tract huh? <laughs> 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 Oh
0: may your digest- my digestive tract be marvelous may it settle down and happily. Move along at a due pace, <laughs> <laughs> not causing you or your parents any distress <laughs> for the rest of your life. That could be the best blessing in a person's <laughs> life. <laughs> that, 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 that. What else? Uh, Creativity. May you be creative. May you be curious. May, be curious. <laughs> May
2: you be surrounded by beautiful
0: friends. May you be surrounded by beautiful friends. May you be joyful. <laughs> May you be kind. May you
3: be kind. May you be loving. May you be loving. May you be healthy.
0: <laughs> May you be happy. May <laughs> you have faith in yourself.
2: May you have
0: faith in yourself. <laughs> How about a few things for their parents, for <gasps> someone's <Uh-oh>. parents? <laughs> May you have patience. May <laughs> 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 have you have May you have.
3: Sonia has two older brothers? And, well, she has three older brothers It's a conjoined family. Yeah. So three older brothers and two older sisters. Oh, may
0: your whole family have pleasure from you forever and ever and ever. <laughs> so So... Uh, Before I pass you over to Jack for his ritual tying, maybe we should sing Jack's favorite uh, Baby blessing song, okay? Row, row, row your boat, gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. There you go. That's the message. Did you get it? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Easy, calm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: Sonya. Look at this flying baby.
3: Oh, oh, oh! So? oh hey,
1: sweetie. Yeah. Oh, Hi, sweetie. All right, let me see. Look at these little tiny fingers. These nails. Which are very tiny little nails. They're so strong too. You think they're little, and then they grab on. Like a, yeah, like a sumo wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you have special gifts that you've come in with, and may you bring your gifts to the whole world. The very special things that you have coming in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on. Good digestion, that's right. That's <laughs> <what we're doing. laughs> here, let's put a little blessing cord around your... Where should we do it? Maybe here. That's better. That way you won't yeah. put it in your mouth. So this is to remember to see the Buddha in everyone you meet and remember that you are the Buddha. Come to join us. And to remember the Dharma, which is to live your life as your own beautiful blessing and offer it to everyone else and see the sangha that you're a part of. Yeah, (laughs) your little head, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. You need a little support. We all do. (laughs) Udanda (laughs) maung (laughs) sankang namatsami metta karuna mudita upeka. Mommy. And Daddy, here, wait, 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 you got a little sock to get back on. Where's that little foot? Where's that sweet little foot? Oh, my God, the the toes are like peas. They're so cute. There you go, pea toes. There you go. (laughs) Oh, sweetie. There you go. Yeah, I know, it's tiring after all that public. You know, <laughs> <laughs> presentation, huh? It's oh, right. Now, so anyone, any one of the honor of the
0: Academy Award acceptance speeches. I'm mm. overwhelmed by this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. Every blessing, too so. Oh, it's so me. great. Congratulations, thank thank congratulations. Yeah, so
1: and you, you. you yes. too. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, you can come back on your birthdays and we'll sing yeah. again. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, thank you. And then
1: when you get into college, come back and let us know. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> we'll sign you up for another retreat. <coughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe
0: we'll leave three, okay. and, uh, because I. Uh, you want to sit over here, and we'll bring Yo up also, because he can oh, talk you about Yo. <laughs> Those of you who know my uh, granddaughter Emily, who frequently hey, nice comes you. here, do you, who, who, who remembers Emily, who frequently comes Not here, s- this is husband of Emily, who frequently comes here, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> okay, so who can start? I feel like Jack should. Well,
1: I'll, I'll tell a little bit, and then I'll pass this on to you, Yo, and then then I'll then I'll go off to get ready to go over to the law school at Berkeley, where I have to teach today. The the faculty and of some of them and the students <coughs> at the law school at Berkeley want to learn about mindfulness oh. because they deal with a lot of conflict, mm. as you know. And um, actually, we had here in this room we had some people from the Ninth Federal Circuit Court come, some um, because they said it, at our level the law has failed people. And we want to learn the practices of forgiveness. Could you teach us? So um, it's just interesting to have the law profession begin to get uh, interested in in Dharma teachings and practice. Anyway, we were together down in Silicon Valley for a conference a few days ago called Wisdom 2.0 that was uh, 600... People gathered, including some very key people from the social media and, and uh, the whole development of the World Wide Web. The founder of eBay, Piero Omidyar, one of the founders of Facebook, um, key people from the founding of uh, Twitter and Zynga and a number of the kind of most successful, and Google most successful internet companies and so forth. Um, and that team, if you will, was um, in dialogue with John Kabat-Zinn and Joan Halifax Roshi and Eckhart Tolle, who was there, who did this beautiful teaching on vastness and silence, um, and myself and others. Um, And one of the most beautiful things about the conference uh, was um, there were 600 people in the room, but there were 200,000 people who watched it online. is that uh, the people who gathered, and I specifically asked the group, um, how many of you have a mindfulness practice or meditation or yoga practice? And almost every hand went up. And there was some sensibility among those who were drawn to it, that now that there is this interconnected world, that we need to use it for teaching people compassion and um, wisdom and understanding both within themselves and with one another and how can we do that? Um, so that w- I thought that was really very heartening um, and most everybody who was up in front and talked, there was a congressman, Tim Ryan from Ohio who just wrote a book called Mindful Nation and is trying to promote mindfulness in schools around the country. Um, there were various presentations from people who were trying to build in um, mindfulness into their business into the the whole way that um, the development of these brand new and extraordinary companies are growing um, have as its basis some some form of mindfulness training um, and uh, some of the things that touch me uh... very much you know there there was an amazing woman named Padma Shri warrior who is the Chief Technology Officer for Cisco, she sat up there um, and she said, I have a budget of $32 billion and and 20,000 engineers that I supervise. And she said, and I meditate every morning because it keeps me centered and clear so that I can be an effective leader who not only makes clear decisions, but also listens well to people so that when those decisions are made, people really feel understood. She was just this beautiful role model of Dharma practice in in the fire, if you will, she said, because I get all these conflicting things all the time. Um, There was the founder of Kiva, if you know that website, it's the one where you can give um, to specific people around the world. Um, It's a generosity site, and you click on your continent, Africa or Latin America or North America, and then you click on a community or something and there appears a picture of Mrs., Mrs. Botswana in Africa who needs a cow and you can be the person that lends her the hundred and forty dollars to get the cow and then later if you're lucky you get a picture back and the cow had a calf and you know you and Mrs. Botswana have this relationship and he had been one of the founders of PayPal and made an, an enormous fortune. A lot of these people were in their twenties and thirties wearing jeans and sneakers and worth five billion dollars, you know, or whatever. It was kind of interesting. Um, um, but he said he felt like he wanted to shift from achievement to, what was his word, do you remember? It was something like a life not of achievement, but of, it wasn't service, but it was some beautiful quality in which um, he was uh, really enhancing life. And so he started Kiva and now they're getting... I don't know, a million dollars a week in donations, or maybe a million dollars a day going out, and out to the world. And then there was a really, I thought, a very interesting guy named Arturo Bihar from Facebook. A couple of the Facebook founders were there. Arturo Bihar's job at Facebook is to be the interface between the company um, and the Facebook users. How many of you are on Facebook? Just to know. Look at that. At least half. Yay! All right. So he said, and so one of the parts of his job is that he's um, he's also his his purview also includes, if you will, the complaints department. Okay, or people who have problems. And he said, with 800 million users, you can imagine that it doesn't take very long to have a million complaints. <laughs> I mean think about your problems, right? And here comes a million complaints. So he said the engineering complaints aren't that easy, aren't that difficult. They just get funneled over to the engineers and they fix it and that's fine. He said but I discovered that most of the complaints were interpersonal. They were based on conflict between people. He and I have been talking since then. So, so that he said somebody will post a picture and then somebody will also say, "I hate that picture. I look terrible in that. I want it taken down." Or that's a picture of me and my mistress, or my you know, <laughs> you know affair that shouldn't be up there. You know, or that's a picture of my kid. How dare you put up pictures of my kids? I get to put them up, but not you, and so forth. So normally a company would just send out emails back to those million people saying, "Here's our policy on pictures or on conflict," and and it, you know if the If the photo is lascivious or lewd or if it, um, you know, uh, is doctored in some way or this or that, then you have grounds for us to take it down, fill out this form and click on this and we'll take it down. He said, but I realized that wasn't helping people. Um, And in the last year or two, because he's also been studying Dharma and so forth, he said, I realized that they needed to talk to each other. So our response now, and he's working on this whole project for facebook is that when people c- come with these million conflicts he'll s- he'll first say did you talk to that person okay if you haven't please do so then here are some suggestions for you tell them what it felt like when you saw the picture okay and then since he said some people don't have a lot of understanding of what they're feeling he gives the little smiley face and the sad face, and and then he gives some examples i felt hurt i felt um anxious or worried i felt betrayed i felt um uh, upset um and then he said after you tell them that uh you know and how it felt to you and what you might like as a remedy then you also might ask them a question or two like what was your intention for putting up that photo and when you hear back, often, it was, well, I thought you looked good in it, you know, or I thought it was funny, or I didn't realize that was your mistress and your wife would say or whatever <laughs> it happens to be. Oops. Yeah. Technology, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: Huh?
1: It's, it's off, but it's... Oh, it's the... It's probably that thing. Maybe. Anyway. Um, so then he said... I realized that I have the chance to teach conflict resolution skills and emotional intelligence training for one billion people, you know, and I'm going to try to use this network to instruct the world in how to communicate and how to resolve conflicts and how to be aware of what's going on inside. So there was something enormously promising in this gathering of people and the guy who runs the Pew... Um, Research Center got up and put uh, statistics on the board, uh, you know, or, or on the screen. For example, that in December 2010, 10% of Americans had tablets like iPads and so forth. And in January, of 2000 sorry in December of 2011 10% of Americans had tablets in January of 2012 20% of Americans had tablets that's how fast it's changing or that people are using their cell phones now as banks in Africa or Bangladesh or Guatemala or things like that that you have minutes and you can go in and trade your minutes for gas, or you can send minutes to someone else that you want, and you don't have to go to a bank, which you don't even have there, and there, are, there isn't that infrastructure. Um, and it's, it's bypassing those kind of usurious institutions, and you can both save things and accumulate them, or pass them on, or get fertilizer or seed through your phone. Um, and that, that this enormous change has happened like that. And so the question is, how do we use this, that was the conversation, to, wow. to help enhance compassion in education, in government, in medicine, in all of these ways, and how do we enhance mindfulness? And I found it actually quite hopeful. So that's the little picture of it. And add now what, you, what your, <laughs> how it was to be you know sitting there and listening to all that stuff. Yeah.
4: No, I, I think um, all that, I, I, bottom line is, I left extremely hopeful as well I think that was that was the big takeaway Um, and just to on your stories about um, I'm not so good with the names but at Facebook what's his name it's amazing to me is that these are young kids too you know and and I feel like you know I'm sort of getting older I'm starting to yeah no it's amazing Uh, you know because here I am 20 years older. I'm just starting to try to figure it out and these kids they they got it together (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I've tried six times it hasn't worked out yet (laughs) Um. So. So I, I left. I left feeling like there's a support group. I think you know. I think it's, it's it's a great start. Um. It's a, so this is a little bit of background. So I've been sort of up to my neck in fear-based um, workplaces for the last 25 years. So up until about three years ago, and uh, at that point, I s- sort of started to see new ways. And but it's very hard when you're out there. In 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 high tech in the corporate world where everything is just driving towards money and and it's it's a lot of a lot of money comes in and you only have so much time to make it worth ten times as much and so you better be here all the time and you know we we lose track and you get very caught up in that um, so about two three years ago I started to have my own shift and looking at this is this really how I want to live um, and decided at the time that I that I didn't and. Not really sure where to go with that. I, I started to try to go. So two years ago, I was uh, interviewing with a company about uh, taking on a management role of a bunch of engineers. And in the interview, I I, I I talking about, you know, what kind of management style do you have? And, and I I, prefaced, I said something, and I said, well, and you, you probably never hear this in a job interview, but the word love comes to mind. You know, and I said that a few times, and they look at me kind of strange. Um, no, they do. Um, I actually ended up getting offered the job, uh, wh- which was which was uh, which was good. Um, decided not to take it in the moment, but um, when when I at the end of the day, when, when someone called me up and says, "Will you please come do this?" and I said, "Give me one, one sentence why you want me there so badly," and he said, "My people are not happy." So I said, "I'll be there." And four days later, I, I started um, with one of these big startups, Um, but once I'm in there, I I realize it is very hard to change a culture. Um, So I I did that for about a year. I I hope I had an impact on some people. Um, I certainly surprised them, I know that. Um, But at the end of that, which this was uh, early last year, I decided that probably the only way that I'm gonna change how I want high tech to be, is to go and and start my own company. So I did that about a year ago. Um, so what I found about the conference though looking back uh, is that it felt like I had a big support group. Like the, there's a there's a movement out there that there's there are other people who really want what I want. So I, I think that was great. And I, I didn't even realize there's 200,000 people that watched it online. Um, and by the way those videos are still available online and and they're they're amazing and and it's it's interesting to see because it's kind of like we're seeing here like John Halifax is having a little chat on mindfulness with Eric Schermer who's one of the founders at Zynga and is is his, there's some great uh, uh, combination of people on stage um, so um this so that was the first two days which amazing speakers and Eckhart Tolle certainly was uh, was a highlight and then there was two days of unconference where everybody well half of the group that was there for the first two days got together and we talked about well how do we do this um and it, it was great i've never been to an unconference an unconference means let's get together and see what happens so we did we met up the first morning and everybody gets to put a little thing up to say here put a thing up says well you want to talk about it and when you want to talk about it and where so throughout the day little groups met everywhere around topics that whoever wanted to and it turns out everybody had put up at least one sign so everybody there was clearly passionate about wanting to talk about this and it ranged from everything from you know we need no technology and that's the only way that we're gonna get to this place to actually I think that the the idea is kind of what Jack was referring to is how do we actually use technology um, in a way that can that can help out. And the fact that you can easily reach, I mean, this could have been watched by 7 billion people. I, I think that's a good use of technology. Um, at the end of the two days of the Unconference, I don't know that we walked away with any, any one solution. Uh, I, th- I think we, we walked away knowing that we wanna talk more about it. I think we all walked away knowing that at least the ones that were there, those of us who were there, can go out and be a voice in the world. And I guess in some ways, this is what I'm doing here. A lot of feeling like I'm preaching to the choir. But, um, to go out and, and really feel comfortable being yourself and, and have a, a mindfulness practice and not be, not be ashamed of it. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's what, what, what came out of this group is I want to have connection with this group going forward. So, like, so it's my little support group. So that's, I think, what we walked away with. And it is so popular that there's all kinds of other events that are coming out of the whole Wisdom 2.0 now. There's local events. There's several events every year that's going to happen. And so it was good. It was good. And, and I think for me personally, it certainly uh, let me take a good look at see what, what is my mindfulness practice and what does it mean to me? And how do I want to bring that into my everyday life?
0: Anybody wants to ask yep. a I
3: I went to the first one two years ago, and when when I first saw the invitation come up on my computer, I, I didn't know what it is, but I felt like really compelled that <coughs> I had to be there. And I came away with mm-hmm. very encouraged by, by you and, and technology. And I think older people in particular tend to not understand the positive sides of technology, and they tend to be very down on it. And I thought it was just so empowering and uh-huh. positive that I'm
4: really excited to hear you talk about it again. It was great. It was. It was interesting because there's, I think there's, I love the the fact that you're acknowledging the fact that technology can actually be used to to help out in this. Uh, There's still some people who feel like, who were there, who feel like we need to get away from technology completely. And there's probably a good middle ground
3: somewhere. <laughs> going
4: to say, this is such an unusual audience because you're actually laughing at the right time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there was some tweeting going on. <laughs> but you know, in some ways it it all those tweets had link backs to the stream, so in some ways maybe they invited a hundred more people to come watch. Um, yeah, but yeah it, it, I think I think Soren mentioned at the beginning that to, to say. Don't do it, because mm-hmm. you're not fully present. And, and he, he's got a good point. And at the same time, you hear people ticking away on their laptops. But.
1: Yeah, I, I was talking with a game, one of the foremost online game designers, who said that um, 94% of American teenage boys and 89% of American teenage girls do online games. And they spend, she had the statistics, you know, a billion hours a week doing this. She said, let's do something creative with it. You think it's all a waste. but So she's created a series of games. She has a game for healing when you've got some serious illness. She did a game for kids who have cancer where they plug in all their protocols and things and make an avatar and use it to strengthen their sense of themselves and, you know, fight the cancer and so forth. She did a game for... Um, uh, ecological energy saving for kids and for teenagers and all these things you can do she said so they're there let's go meet them where they are you know that's where they are let's go and let's take the take the medium and use it to to transform people's lives so, so it's really pretty interesting
0: yeah I, I actually i was on a university campus in in Palo Alto last night uh, watching people walk around, everybody walks around with their with their iPhone in their hand. You know that it, uh, it's like an extension of the palm. Though. <laughs> it, it is. It is.
1: Some, somebody there said, "Call this is this is like another sense organ, right? <laughs> it can see, right? It can take yeah. pictures. It can hear you. You know, it talks back. Siri, would you tell me where the closest, you know?" Uh, health food store is (laughs) Um, it it has a memory you know and and not only that they said and you keep it close to your heart (laughs) (laughs) so there is it really it it is changing our lives and and there are I don't remember what the statistic was but more there are as many mobile devices and phones and so forth at least half the population of the earth has them now and that's all in the last ten years so it's quite
0: extraordinary yeah and a big proportion of them are young. They yeah. feel like having a life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this is the, the collective, that that power of being able to connect with a lot of other people who are young and, do not, and want to inherit an earth that's in some sort of a shape is going to be a, a huge power to overturn the forces of history that are sending everything in a direction that is, looks less hopeful.
1: So I'd like to bow out at this point and go and work on my presentation for the law school.
0: I love that you came. Though. Oh, it's great. Is it's Caroline brilliant. going to be there wonderful. at your presentation? Of course she is, yeah. Do you have, do you have particular pleasure when you're teaching a class? Yeah, it's to? nice
1: to go teach a class and have my, my daughters in at, at Berkeley in her third year doing human rights law. So I get to go over and hang out with okay. Caroline. And some of the professors, and it's it's fun. It's very. Really there's sweet. a
0: picture of her when she was quite young in one of the pictures on the banner mm-hmm. in the back. Did you see it? Uh, I'll go look. She's in one I'll of the look. a long, long time ago. It's so cute to think of her being in law school all of a sudden. Anyway, thank you very, very thank much. Thank you. For what coming. a
1: treat! What a treat to see you all. Thank you. It was great yeah. to be down there together. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll be tweeting about this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Class.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you.
0: I have, uh, I, I want to just do a few more little questions with you. Uh, I don't know which one it is, dear, but she's young, so look back. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, I'm aware of the fact that we, are particularly, uh, that we are a particular demographic, and for the most part, looking around, not everybody is old, old, but this is an older group. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, I think there's some crucial year after which, if you were born, you're never really going to become as ambidextrous as the people who are coming along. But that's fine, because we don't have to run the world anymore, and they do. They're coming up. And they can do this and talk at the same time, and, uh, but not drive at the same time. Which was the single best moment of the whole time for you?
4: Um, I think, uh, is that still on? No. Okay, that's okay, I don't need it. Did you switch it up? No, I don't think so. It's fine, it's just a little quiet. Is it? Oh, can you all hear me? Um, I think the single, for me personally, it was to see Eckhart Tolle in person, because yeah. I've, I've never seen him in person. And,
0: It is a okay,
4: and he's uh, Eckhart Tolle, the the power of now, uh, an awakening, uh, new world. Is that what it is? I think Um, it's just he's just an amazing persona, and just to see him in person was 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 pretty amazing. And um, he he there's just something calming about him. It's amazing, you know. I've never seen anyone so comfortable just sitting quietly on stage.
0: I've never seen him in person. Yeah. yeah. I heard he was little. He is little. <laughs> and you know what?
4: He's he's older. I didn't realise. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs>
2: no, I just I
0: didn't
4: know. I didn't know.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. What tradition is he from? He's
4: down and out in the gutter
0: and uh, I mean I think it, he's a tradition of yeah. self awakened self awakened public intellectual, I guess, is what you would call him. Um who became a teacher because he, uh, saw, he saw in such a way that he felt himself to be transformed radically and has a way of conveying that to other people and has written a number of books, The Power of Now and some other ones after that, about that awareness. Uh, pretty much I think of the interconnectedness of all things. Would you say mm-hmm. that that's yeah. what he's talking yeah. about?
4: There's metaphysical aspects to it, sure.
0: And the, the, when the, that recon- when people are aware of the way in which we we see, we often have uh, what some people have called the optical delusion of seeing the, of seeing ourselves as separate, and um, uh, the, to some degree we really need to remember personal identity, so we remember whose house to go home to and, uh, you know, who to cook supper with and who to get into bed with. So you have to remember your story. But not to imagine that, because uh, we get that confused, we don't have a society, but, uh, but to realize that on some profound level, we each are part of each other's lives. We're breathing the same air. We're living on the same earth. We are inspired by a, a consciousness that's keeping the that's that's somehow keeping life alive in this in this time. That uh, the sense of otherness seems uh, for the people who have uh, less of a sense of otherness, who feel more connected to wh- wh- whoever and whatever, uh, they feel more peaceful in the world. No one's no one's their enemy. No one. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's, uh, you know, some me and another guy is leading another life. I think for myself, maybe the thing that's um, been most liberating about those moments of awareness is that uh, I realize that uh, it's part of realizing that whatever I do in any moment, whatever action I take, there isn't actually a, a, a me in here that says, okay, now let's do this or that. Sometimes you think that, sometimes you even say, okay, let's go to the store, as if a me in you decided But actually what happened is the awareness that the refrigerator was empty arose and the awareness that remedying that would mean going to the store arose and the vision of the car outside in the driveway arose and going to the store happened. But there really isn't uh, someone who does that. And uh, for the most part, uh, when I respond to somebody, uh, when responses happen, they come out of kindness because the habits of this mind have, uh, over a lifetime, have been more or less kind, uh, kindly disposed. And sometimes when uh, my response is not so good and later on remorse arises, it's because I I wasn't feeling well or I was confused or something. But it takes away the sense of personal guilt from things. It really, everyone's doing the best they can at, at any moment that, What's arising, what's co-arising, whatever action is happening, is the confluence of all of the contingent karma from this moment to how this body and this mind are, how, how strong this body is, how clear this mind is, and all the information it's um, incorporated over the years. And if I see that about myself, I don't have to start to be hard on myself for not doing better. I, do you remember Gwen who said, her response to anybody when they say how are you is i couldn't be better because we could never could be better even when i'm crappy i couldn't be better you know it's things aren't working well and when i know that about myself i don't give myself such a bad time and when i know that about myself i don't give other people a bad time both in actuality or in my mind thinking ill of them they couldn't do better either we're all doing the best we can all the time so it makes a more tolerant heart, and it's nicer to live in the world with that. Would you say that's was that something of what he said, or? Um,
4: yeah, I think so. I mean, I think bottom line is his message is just to, to to put it very simply: mm. more being, less doing. That's mm. mm. yeah. at the end of the day. That's what mm. he says. Right. What
0: mm. yeah. No, I, I think it means. I mean, I think it means being. I would like to interpret that as more. Maybe let me not interpret. Let you tell me what he said. Well,
4: I mean, all his whole thing is the present moment is all you have. Mm-hmm. There, there is nothing else. You can think about the future, but when you reach that, it's the present moment, mm-hmm. right? So, why, why worry about the past? Why mm-hmm. worry about the future?
0: You know what the quintessential uh, um, cultural, well, at least for people and uh, of my age would be, and and many of you. Do you remember the uh, movie Zorba the Greek? Yes. Sure. Remember Zorba? And Do you remember Zorba? Did you what see did? Okay. Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn is Zorba. <laughs> anyway, Zorba is teaching the young Stephen uh, really about life. Alan Bates. Alan Bates, <laughs> teaching him really about life. And uh, at, at, uh, at, at some point, Something really terrible has happened to Zorba. I don't know what. Some, he has some very bad news about something. His great plan has not worked out. His great plan has not worked out of building a certain building a certain machine that was going to work that doesn't work. Anyway, the denouement, he has this whole disaster. It doesn't work. whole plan doesn't work. And he gets up and he dances. And you really get the message that in this moment you have the choice of tearing your hair out and anguishing uh, or giving yourself a bad time or saying, didn't work. Now we'll dance and then we'll do something else. But you can't dance in another moment. You can only dance in this moment. And I think that that's the lesson of Zorba that's supposed to come through in that moment. And when John Kabat-Zinn wrote his book about the application of mindfulness to uh, healthcare, and pain in the body and pain in the mind. He called it full catastrophe living. And that full catastrophe came from a line in Zorba where at one point Stephen says to Zorba, Zorba, are you married? He said, Oh, yes, I have the whole catastrophe. So the <laughs> 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 and then he goes on to say, you know, Children, mortgages, I have the whole catastrophe. So it's I have this whole catastrophe, not, not meaning it's all falling apart all the time, but prone to falling apart all the time because there's so much that you've invested in. So it really, it's a link. Uh, and you know, probably three quarters of a million people bought full catastrophe living. And every health care facility in the United States that has rehab probably has a mindfulness-based stress reduction clinic that comes from Jon Kabat-Zinn teaching uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction practitioners, uh, so that they've proliferated all over the country. And one of the things that they don't do is mention the Buddha, because you don't need to mention the Buddha, because the Buddha had an insight that to the degree that you could live in this moment, present, you don't suffer. You suffer in hindsight, remorse. Ah, I should have done that, or what's going to come next. But in this moment. There's nothing there but this moment. And Eckhart Tolle apparently has the ability to demonstrate living in this moment.
4: I think at a whole different level than we are all able to. But he had to hit rock bottom before that happened.
0: I'm very excited about your being there. Uh, Me too. Very, very good. Anybody else ask him a question?
3: Was there any talk about any of the health risks of all these cell phones and technologies and not just... Cancer, but you know the lack of activity that our youth are, is having now because of the time they're
4: spending. And um, d- the latter part, not there was no talk about uh, the physical risk. Uh, I think there was talk more about the emotional risks of people spending more time online than with in person. Uh, actually it's almost talking about, uh, I think it was Dan Siegel, talking about for example when they did a study where uh, a mother and daughter talking on the phone releases all kinds of chemicals in the brain, and when they text, there's none of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
4: So the, the the difference between texting and just being on the phone mm-hmm. is huge. So it it, it the, the level of connection. Uh, so there's a lot of talk around more the the emotional aspects of 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 not being physically connected.
0: So are people concerned about that, or was that present, or just a fact?
4: I it's you know here it's a. F- I think it's kind of like Jack was doing. It's saying, it's like, it's a fact, it's here, let's see if we can use it to our advantage, right. right? I mean, here we are, and uh, Gopi, who is one of the uh, facilitators who came from Google, he was saying, uh, it's amazing because you're just 15 digits away from talking to one of 6 billion people in the world. Mm. So we have the ability to connect at a whole different level than we did 100 years ago, or 10 years ago. It's absolutely six billion cell phones in the world, yeah. seven billion people.
0: It, it, ne- it never it never ceases to amaze me. I had a conversation over some months, a couple of years ago, with someone in New Zealand. So we set a time to talk. Of course, we, we weren't Skyping, we were just talking. I set a time to talk, so it factored in the 11-hour time difference or whatever it was. And uh, over and over, as I would, I'd I'd sit out on my deck up in Geyserville where I live, and over and over, I'd think about the fact that I was sitting in Geyserville with a piece of plastic in my hand, and she was sitting somewhere on a deck in uh, Auckland, New Zealand, also with a piece of plastic in her hand. We're having a conversation like she was in Santa Rosa, and as clear as in Santa Rosa, and uh, I sort of get. You know, I, I don't really understand. I understand that it gets converted to a signal, and the signal goes up and down. Like that's an easy thing goes up and down. You know, there's, there's a great deal of mathematics and physics that into that involves in that going up and down off satellites. But uh, when I was a child, for Dick Tracy, the detective, to talk to somebody, for Dick Tracy, to talk to somebody across the street through his walkie-talkie. <laughs> up his sleeve he had to you know, have a little walkie talkie and say, I'm over here across the street. And it was the same as an orange juice can on a on a string, which we also did when we were children. But you know, you couldn't do it at any more of a distance than that. And the idea that I could have a piece of plastic and talk to a people person who's talking to a piece of plastic in New Zealand is you know beyond
4: It's a miracle.
0: It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And it's a miracle in less than 50 years. And cell phones uh, are less than what? When my children went out at night, I couldn't find them. Yours?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Somehow we were okay.
0: (laughs) They managed. Uh, Anybody else have another question for Johan? Anybody wants to know his company and what, they d- what it's doing We'll talk now. about that
4: afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have one more thing. So there was one other person. So there's two standing ovations at this thing. So Eckhart Tolle was one of them. The other one was uh, Leah Perlman. Do you know her? She comes out here, I think. Yeah. She's a young woman who uh, used to work at Facebook and started drawing cartoons, and she just started this company called Dharma Comics. Ah. And uh, I, I, you were just talk- Because you were just talking about it, you took down some comic on the wall. Yeah. I actually brought another one for you. Oh. It's much smaller. Okay. It's not going to go on the wall, but I thought it was very good. Okay. <laughs> and I actually didn't know that you had a comic. So this is very good, but this kind of answers all the questions. It's like if you don't know what to do, this is like a multiple multiple questions, a b c d. <laughs> if you don't know what to do, just keep choosing love. It's very simple. Anyway, she draws all kinds of great comics. That's you beautiful. guys should go online and take a look. That's
0: beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful.
4: So but it was great. She was the only other person who got a standing ovation out of all these fantastic speakers.
0: So what yeah. else did she? Uh, is that what she de- generally that's talked about, or did she? Show yeah. That, no.
4: She. This was her first time. She came out and showed her comics to the public. Leah uh, Leia Perlman, I think. I have the, Leia, the name in here. Yeah.
0: This is Justin No, that's, that's the
4: quote. I have the name in here.
0: Oh, okay. Leah Pearlman. I need glasses to actually. Leah, show this. me. I have glasses. Wait, no, no, that's too far for my glasses. Eckhart Tolle. Tolle.
4: She may have been on the second day.
0: Where was this conference?
4: Uh, in Silicon Valley. So the first uh, two days were in Redwood City, and the next two—oh, the next two days were at the Googleplex. Which, if you ever had an opportunity to go to the Googleplex, amazing, and and to see how forward-thinking companies are structuring the work environment, unbelievable. Uh, there it is, Perlman, Leah Perlman.
0: Leah Perlman, and it spells just—it sounds just—it li- spells just like it sounds, P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N, of the Happiness Institute.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Search for meaning is funny, that way. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Good. She's good. So I'm excited for you.
4: Me too. I'm oh. excited for the world, actually. that's i'm leaving i'm leaving with that it's there's so much hope that's what jack was saying that's what we all left with
0: yeah that's very good we uh we got born in the right time you know i feel like hanging around a while longer because i think that people are going to figure that well
4: hold on because you talked about the last 10 years have been crazy the next 10 is going to be mind-blowing
0: well people are now writing me letters uh with, with voice recognition, that I said, you know, you said a few funny things. They said, well, you know, the voice recognition isn't perfect, you know.
4: I've seen you talk to your phone, too. By
0: the way. <laughs> I talked to my <laughs> phone. But I talked to my phone yesterday while I was driving. I, anyway, I had to. I was driving, and I didn't. I can't use my phone while I'm driving. And I had to tell Grace I was going to be late. But I pick up the phone, push Grace, and say, I will be ten minutes late. Send, <laughs> you know, then. So I'm texting. Yeah. That how, how hip is that? Very
4: hip, very hip. And, and that's how you talked to me 25 years
0: ago.
4: <laughs> I will looking forward to meeting you. I'm from Sweden, so <laughs> Eng- English was my second language.
0: <laughs> they never let me forget that. I wrote, he speaks English perfectly well. <laughs> well. What do you do? Your daughter writes you a letter. I have a Swedish boyfriend. You write in easy English, you know.
4: big. Big capital letters.
0: Big
2: letters.
0: letters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Good stuff. Thank What's you. Up? You want to tell about Contribune? No. I I'll do that later. Where will you do it later?
4: <laughs> I'll be around. There is no
0: later. There is no later. No later. <laughs> Just say what it is. Just say.
4: Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I have started uh, an online, <laughs> online um, product that allows basically foster community online and uh we do so through uh storytelling so it's for communities to get together and tell their stories to inform engage and ultimately inspire each other you know because wh- whatever your uh your passions are i mean you have communities like your family and your friends but you also have other things like this group here you're a your community uh, i thought we might get one and, and when you leave it's great you get together once a week but then you leave and you know what if what if you can keep Inspiring and each other and keep writing.
0: Little, c- people could. C- yeah. Because so I call everybody it the in the community. Everybody in the community became becomes a reporter. They can log on, post a story, put up a picture. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
4: It's, it's for everybody in the community. So it's everybody has the same voice. It's for the community by the community, and it's just a place to share.
0: So we could What's do it's
4: it. Called? It's called Contribune with a K. C. Contribute. Contribune. K O N T R B U N E.
0: Maybe we'll do it as a group here. Mm-hmm. Community news. We have a Yahoo webpage. Why shouldn't we? Yeah, but I don't even know how to access it. This, at <laughs> least I, I know how to. Access is is it.
4: anyone on it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, dear. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. I'll see you later. Now. You. Okay. All right. Susan. All right. So take a breath in. Breath out. Morton Felix, who was a year older than I and two years older than Susan, died two weeks ago. And they were married for
3: going to be fifty-five years in June. Fifty-five years. I in was a te- like you. I was a teenage bride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was a student. At, was he still a student at Queens College, or
3: um, he had graduated? I was mm-hmm. still a student at Queens College when we got married. Yeah. yeah. So
0: the reason that I thought it would be splendid if you shared with us is people have been holding Morton in their prayers, and we talked about you and I what kind of a memorial. But specifically, this is a kind of a memorial that one of the it's one of the things that we talk about so much here. I frequently tell stories about people who died in noble ways, and said noble things. But they're people that I read about, that not often, yeah. people that I know. And Morton was very noble, yeah. and he wasn't even a Buddhist.
3: Well, he actually, one of the things he picked up when he came here was, um, How are you doing? Couldn't be better. That's what he kept saying to people. Even to almost to the very end, he would say, "Couldn't be better," because he would say, "If I could be better, I would be better." (laughs) But he did. He did say that. But um, I think that I think the really important thing to tell people is that we're all going to die, and it doesn't have to be terrible. I mean, he said to me, "This is the final act of our love," and it was. For us together, it was a beautiful, beautiful, profound sharing. And um, he wasn't—he wasn't fearful. I mean, in a way, what he did—and this is the other end of the spectrum—is he let go of technology. He—he he didn't want to be in the hospital. He wanted to be home. He wanted to pass, you know, in his own room. And. Um, he the, the doctor suggested putting him in a rehab center where he could get um, f- he 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 had in his directives he said no feeding tubes or anything but feeding tubes and hydration and you know and he just said no to all that I mean it's a it's a very natural very peaceful process and um and it's something really not to be afraid of I mean at the end he, he was seeing angels and he had his ancestors around him and he was just and and people had warned me you know about Bad things could start happening, or he, you know, things, but and and they never did. I mean, he really left smiling, and um, uh, and one of the last things he did say was thank you. I mean, he left in gratitude, and he also blessed me for the rest of my life that I should go on and, and, and continue with my creativity, continue with my friends, and 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 not to end my life because his life was ending. Um, when I, I we talked before he was dying about last words and stuff. And we, he would say like paragraphs of poems because he was a, a very, very wonderful poet. And um, when the time came, he said to me very softly, um, he said, the angel said, and, I, and then oh, and then the hospice had told me to get a pad and write down anything you get. Some. So I said to him, and I was like, what did the angel say? And he said, Enough, and then I said, "Oh, come on, Morton! You've got to have some wonderful words. <laughs> Say something, you know, please." And he said to me, "Enough." <laughs> you know, I mean, life was enough, and um, and he's had enough, and th- and and that was it. It was enough, and and thank you. And um, cool. so I, I just, it was it was really it was very very peaceful. It was very very beautiful, and there was a lot of um, a lot of amazing synchronicities that went on, and. Um, I, I don't know. Should I say more? It's yeah, time to go. yeah, you can say yeah, more. Okay, okay. Um, one of the things I I don't know. I, I shouldn't really give an ad for Fernwood, but this. Oh, but but Sylvia's gonna end up in Fernwood. <laughs> We're gonna end up in Fernwood. It's a it's a green cemetery in Mill Valley, and um, they've been <laughs> they've been. I mean, when I first met my husband, and I was seventeen then, he said to me, "There are the two eyes and the we." And there's your separateness and you're being the best you you can be, and there's my separateness and me being the best I can be, and then there's our relationship. And um, and I've always tried to, you know, bring him over to my point of view or him to me. Anyway, he wanted to be cremated and I wanted a Jewish burial. And in in Fernwood, um, I I can with no chemicals, with nothing, you can be wrapped in a shroud, and then he can come into the tomb with he can come into my grave with me. So he's been cremated and I'm. I'm going to have a natural death. But I love the idea because it's like again the two the two eyes and the we. I mean, he's going to have his separateness. I'm going to have my separateness, and we'll be together. and and I, I personally love the idea of thinking you know we'll be together in eternity. And this and I mean it's more economical. We have one plot rather than <laughs> <that> <laughs> the, the plot thickens. But um, I mean just just little things like that. were just just amazing and seem seem to really work out. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm in an art show that was called, um, well, it was going to be called Totem. And when they've got my piece, which is called The Ancestors, they called the show The Ancestors. And remember, we read the piece that Nijo helped write that was on my door. They put that in the art show. And I, I had done some pieces with his poetry on. So, I mean, this is going on like right now. And they were planning a reception for me on Sunday. And, um, it, it's going to be a, a remembrance. We're going to have a very big memorial in the future, and I'm going to invite everybody in the sangha to come, and um, and it'll be a celebration of his life, and you'll hear his poems and mm-hmm. things like that. So, the family was there, and um, and where I go to um, to services is co- it's called Hakban Halev, and it's a Jewish meditation center in um, Berkeley, and they have. Uh, something called the Hebra Kedisha and they came and just washed the body after he had passed. And um, it was a wonderful musician who was a Sufi Jew, <laughs> and he came and he played and sang through the, this. And then, um, then other friends came and chanted. And what they did is they people bought uh, they, books of his poems that people would just open and read poems. And um, at the end, when they came to take him. Um, these guys, these very dignified men came and they were in gray pants and white shirts and ties and they wrapped him in like a maroon wrap and then straps and my daughter and I put flowers there and they hoisted him up, it was like regal. They hoisted him up like this and like it was so beautiful and carried him like that. So it was... The, the whole thing was was, was really a, a very, very, very extraordinary experience and something, and also people sometimes don't like to think about this or make plans so that I think it's really important that you can, you know, start getting clear in your mind about what you want to have happen and just, you know, it's acceptance. I mean, it's, 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 it's what we're given in life and what we have to all deal with one way or the other, so... Um, it's wonderful if we can really if we can do this and um, and just go with what's happening. Um, another thing that's really interesting is that um, in our tradition there's a Torah portion that um, takes place during well anyway weekly and um, and sometimes people like to look at when you were born and when you died. Well, his Torah portion had to do with um, a contributions to the sanctuary and I, if you build me a sanctuary, I will dwell within. That's um, part of the bible but um and so i have it inspired totally inspired by sylvia and her banging the drum about doing things for spirit rock um i'm creating a memorial fund for my husband and um to go to the, the sanctuary to to rebuilding our sanctuary because the roof is falling down but also to go towards a childhood education and um um and that's part of part of what i'm doing so um i think and my husband used to say um You take when you hand it a lemon, you make lemonade. (laughs) So this is part of the lemonades that I'm I'm trying to make from this. But I'm I'm really assuring everybody that if somebody can really go in a peaceful loving way, it's nothing to be afraid of. And um um, peace is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to be afraid of.
0: Really, thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think that, you know, I. Morton
0: would be proud of you, actually. The, the, the,
3: I'm thinking too, last time, the last time we we went to the opera, we went to the opera together. We, last time we ate in Chardonnay, we was there together. So We
0: were there together, yeah. and Morton couldn't stand up. He I could. couldn't sit down. Sit down yeah, be couldn't sit. he couldn't
3: sit. He was in terrible pain. He would say it's not pain, it's discomfort. But he had his. Uh, he, I mean, he couldn't walk. I mean, and he really made this very, 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 very brave choice. And I, I just hope I have the same courage to, to, to do that when my time comes. He was very, was clear-headed and it was beautiful.
0: He, he, he was in a lot of discomfort and he never complained. No. Not no, a word. Not a word. That was monumental. Yeah. That was monumental. Yeah. Yep.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, dear. <laughs>
3: Okay, thank you everybody. <laughs> and we'll send out a notice to the Sangha when the um, when the memorial, the, the celebration of his life is taking place. and, and everybody This is a hanky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this
0: is a three hanky day. Three hanky day, yeah. Mijo? I would like to add something. Please, please come I in. To in, thought in thought. No. Say in here. Say in here. Mijo was a companion
3: through this process. Um, a wonderful companion. What I want to add is that uh, I think Susan and Morton were very blessed in the way he he was he passed but uh, many people it, for many people it doesn't go I- in that same manner and i just want to add that even if it's harder and not so peaceful it's still okay it's still the best it can be yep. and sometimes the body wants to keep going and going the stem cell you know yeah. itself you know keeps you know wanting to be alive and and it can be hard but <laughs> it's still all right it's not you know always this way, but it is a blessing,
0: though Suzuki Roshi said that when he was dying, the the founder of the San Francisco Zen Center he <laughs> said to his students who were around, he said, "Listen, he, he had he said, "This is not a problem, my dying, I'm fine about it." He said, "But if when it comes time for me to pass, if I carry on and make a big fuss about it, he said, "Don't worry about it." Mm-hmm. He said, "That's just suffering, Buddha." Uh-huh. So, you know, we do it the way, we don't do it, the body does it, yeah. so, and everybody else keeps it company. So, so Barbara said this was a th- three-hanky morning, so uh, we cry about the, you know, but, but not, the, not, not unhappiness crying, just sometimes people on retreat say to me, you know, I was sitting there and I started crying and I don't feel sad, why am I crying? I think sometimes we fill up with emotion and it doesn't know where to go, so it runs out of the eyes. That's, I mean, that's, it's it's not necessarily sadness. It's just it spills over the top because because uh, the, the the cycle of Morton passing wasn't wasn't isn't sad, and that new baby certainly isn't sad, and um, and the uh, and the new vision can hardly imagine what's going to happen in ten years. Now I'm thinking about. Maybe people go out in there well people go out in their backyard and strap on their backpack and go around like James Bond or fly, fly to work you know or, or not go to work or or you know dematerialize and show up in a work or you know <laughs> through another dimension some black hole you know who knows but I'm very happy to be alive um. I, I, I actually have thought for a long time that it says that you're not supposed to prefer dying to living or living to dying. That It says that in the, in the Verses of the Third Zen Patriarch. It says uh, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences, even preference to stay or preference to go. And I, for what, I, I, when I think about that, I think to myself, I'd like to not mind going like Morton to go in a good way. And I hope I do it that way. And I, th- I, who knows how I'll be? But I think I might always be thinking. I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, because life is so interesting. I might, I might, die just before somebody does something amazing that I would have liked to know about. Or, you know, but you know, okay. so I. Uh, I won't see you, I don't think, until the 11th of um, April. No, March. Oh. not April, not April. Hmm? Mm-hmm. A- April, really, you'll be here the 11th of April? I think I'll be here the 11th of April. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to be here the 11th of April. It's a long time, but I think I'm going to be here the 11th of April. Um, What a pleasure it is for me to be here, you know? What a nice community we are. Maybe we'll really do that. Does that interest you at all, that community newsletter? Would you log on and look at it? If we had one, have scribes, we'd have weekly correspondents who write in it what happened, who said what to whom? Yeah? You think so? Okay. Then we'd be in touch. Um, So, for everybody we've mentioned, coming and going, and for us, may all beings be peaceful and come to the end of suffering.